Welcome to Dead by Danny, the only podcast where me, your host, Danny, the man who is speaking, watches Evil Dead 2 every single day for 30 days. And I'm not wearing headphones when I record this podcast. This is a far more chill podcast than my other podcast, The Scooby Duo, which is currently on hiatus. I, I don't know what this sounds like, and I will only find out what this sounds like when I'm editing, and I'm going to make myself feel really uncomfortable, and I'll probably wish I hadn't done this, but it's done. <laughs> Boys, ladies, everything in between, deadites, non-conforming gender, everyone, Anyone who listens to this podcast, anybody, it, it, uh, it could be nobody. I, I did a, I, I did a, <laughs> you know, I kind of wish I didn't, but I did a thing today. Uh, I bet you're guessing, you're, you're thinking, you probably read the title or the description. So you know what I did. So all of this building tension um, is for nothing, really. And what I really just want to convey, let's say, is that I, I watched uh, more than one movie today, which is not a strange thing for me, you know? I, I've done that a fair amount of times, right? I, I typically, honestly, if I watch one movie in a day, I probably watched more movies, right? Like, it's not, it's not an odd thing for me to do. But um, I watched Evil Dead 1. I watched The Evil Dead today. As well as Evil Dead 2, okay? So I, I didn't I didn't pussy out. I still am doing the the you know the mission of this podcast. I, I still did watch Evil Dead 2. But I think I'm going to talk mostly about the Evil Dead today. Because I, I, I watched them back to back. And I really forgot, you know, how much I love the first Evil Dead film. I, uh, uh, to get this out of the way, I watched both films on my VHS copies, um, on my Daewoo television, Daewoo VCR, you know the drill. Uh, I watched, I watched them, I sat like, I don't know, four feet from the TV on a folding chair in my basement. And as a matter of fact, much like I did on the second episode of this very podcast with, with the second Evil Dead film, uh, I'm going to grab the... VHS case of The Evil Dead, and uh, maybe maybe get a little, a little bit of an exploration, one might say, before we really get into the meat and the mashed potatoes of the podcast. All right, I have The Evil Dead VHS copy that I own in my hand physically, if you can hear it. That's the sound of the tape, I guess. Uh, this is also a 1998 copy. Uh, it came out the same year as all of the editions of uh, my Evil Dead trilogy, right? They all, they're all 1998 copies. And uh, just looking at this tape, it, it's not that none of these, I mean, both this, uh, this tape and my Army of Darkness tape don't have the uh, classic poster, one might say, of, 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 of the film that we usually uh, recognize, right? Like my army of darkness tape does not have the iconic, 
uh, ash with the, the Sheila and like the castle in the background. It, it looks a little bit different. It, it's, it's like a close-up of Ash. Army of Darkness takes up most of the cover. It, it, it's not a very uh, visually appealing case, I'm not going to lie. But this uh, The Evil Dead case, uh, while also not having the classic poster, has a poster I, I never actually saw up until um, I really started watching these. And it, it's one of Ash with the hatchet over his shoulder and a shotgun in his hand, his boomstick, with a, on on a clear set, right? Like, this is not the real outdoors. Uh, standing next to the cross grave uh, with, a, with a fake moon in the background of a very blue sky. He has a very harsh orange light off to the right of him. Uh, I guess, I guess camera left, but it's his right. And it looks pretty. I'm not going to lie. I do obviously uh, prefer the, the one with the dead eye bursting out of the ground at the Dutch angle. I think that's just a beautiful poster. But yeah, it's not a bad one. Uh, on the cover, it says The Evil Dead, The Ultimate uh, Experience in Grueling Horror. And on the back, we, we see a quote from Stephen King, the very man who got this movie uh, released, right, by New Line. He, without his endorsement, this film would have never seen the light of day, really. And it says, The most ferociously original horror film of the year. I'm not going to go and read the whole description, right? I mean... This is a podcast about Evil Dead 2. Uh, it, it, it's, it's one of those long back of the VHS tape, like paragraphs, descriptions. <laughs> so if, if you are really that interested, um, look it up, you know, watch the movie for yourself. But I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I, the last time I've, I've seen a rendition of this movie was when I watched... The 2013 remake slash sequel slash spinoff, whatever. Um, I saw it a couple months ago, maybe at this point. Uh, maybe almost a year ago. But I, I, I've, I feel like I've actually seen the remake of this film more than this film. And I don't know why that is. I think it's because uh, the remake genuinely scares me, right? Like, it, it, it's a, it's a, it, when I first watched it, I was, I, I was, like truly, truly horrified by it. And I think it was actually my introduction to the series because it came out like in my lifetime. <laughs> and and when I first watched it as an adult, especially, it, it really, like it's still uh, fucked with me. And f I, I think that movie is a f like one of the best horror remakes of all time because it's genuinely, completely played straight horror movie and it's horrifying. Um, and one thing I took for granted is that I, whenever I watch uh, Evil Dead 2, which is a lot, and especially now, uh, I, some might say too much, but <laughs> I, whenever I watch Evil Dead 2, I usually watch in isolation. And if I don't watch it in isolation, I usually watch uh, 2 and then Army of Darkness. And for some reason, I always skip uh, the original. And I don't know why that is. I think it's because... Uh, I'm usually looking for a laugh. I'm usually looking for a pick-me-up, you know, um, something to uh, brighten the day if it's a bad day or something to, to make me feel less alone. But, yeah, I mean, the the Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness will get me laughing. So I think that's usually what I uh, like to go for when I'm in the mood for 
one of these films. Um, something I, I, I always took for granted, I guess, is that, um, and I kind of, I kind of, you kind of forget if you haven't seen it in a while is that, um, the evil dead is, uh, fucking, uh, really good. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't seen this film in so long. I haven't seen this film since I made, uh, my major, the biggest project I ever took on as a director, uh, it, it was a short walk down Cherry Street, which was uh, heavily, heavily, heavily inspired by um, not not necessarily the Evil Dead, but more so Sam Raimi and how he made the Evil Dead and how and and the, especially more more so the stories of H.P. Lovecraft and and the 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 true spirit of this film really inspires me constantly. I had a constant inspiration in my creativity on every aspect of my creativity and doing dumb shit like this and uh, exploring my passion in filmmaking and, and making silly skits and doing stupid shit. Uh, it all, it all comes back to this, back to the evil dead, the original, uh, as much as I, uh, spout how much I love evil dead too, as much as I, uh, uh spread propaganda for it, as much as I make, goddamn podcasts about it, uh, get tattoos about it, do as much as I do all this shit. And trust me, um, if we weren't under quarantine right now, I would have started my half sleeve, which I, I plan on doing a, um, half sleeve dedicated to the evil dead franchise. Uh, maybe <laughs> I might throw out that idea if this podcast starts to grind my gears. If I start to, <laughs> um, not like these movies by the end of this, which I, I seriously do, do hope I, that's not the case. And, um, I, I think we're six episodes in and it doesn't seem like, uh, that's the case currently. We are only a fifth of the way through this project, so we will see. But, um, yeah, I, I, watching the evil dead was a oddly emotional experience for me today. And, especially watching it with the evil dead two right after it, it made me start to question a lot of things and start to feel like really inspired to, uh, tell more stories. And it also, uh, surprised me how genuinely, uh, scary it was, you know, it's, um, I, I hadn't watched it in so long and I always remembered it as being kind of campy, kind of, um, production wise, a little, uh, corny, but, uh, I, I always like really had a soft spot for it in my mind, at least, uh, because I hadn't seen it in so long. I always kind of assumed that, uh, I didn't like it as much, but after watching it today, I, I, I really just started to question <laughs> a lot of what I know to be real. And I know it's mostly because of my constant exposure to the second film and how I've seen it every day now for fucking a week. Um, it, it really is starting to like, it, it really felt new again to watch, uh, the evil dead and maybe I should revisit it more often, but, but the, the genuine horror and like completely and all the horror and this film is not a comedy. So all, all of the, the thriller aspects and the horror aspects and the gore and the makeup and everything in this film is meant to be scary. And although it, it's a little cheesy at times because it's such a small budget uh, project made with uh, whatever resources he had at hand and in such a 
in the late 70s, you know, by 20-year-olds. Like, I, I really find that even with all of that, it's still a truly great horror movie. When, when you go from the story, it, it's, a, it's an endlessly recognizable story, right, of these teenagers going to be hooligans at a cabin in the woods. It's been endlessly parodied and endlessly copied, and it's become an archetype, and it's this whole thing. It, it, it's, it's become a parody of itself. However, this is the original, you know, and uh, because of that, there's a little bit of a leeway, right? Like, even though there's movies, like comedy movies dedicated to parodying this style of film, um, you can't really fault the original. And I, I'm not one to hold, quote-unquote, the originals of things to such a high standard. I'm, I notoriously shit on old movies because they don't hold up. But, I mean, because of that reason, I think this film really is outstanding, right? Like, there's, there's some... I, 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 can always, I can always love an old movie, right? I love a lot of classic films. Psycho is, like one of the best horror movies ever made. Like, and that's straight out from the, like, 60s. This, I feel like The Evil Dead, another one. One of the best ever made. I, I, as much as I can love old classic Hollywood films, I can hate them just as much. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend, you know. But yeah, like, in, in watching this again, I, I, I found myself not only being uh, moved personally, because of what this film means to me and how it inspires me, but also being emotionally affected by how uh, frightened I was, really, and how the tension really was working for it, and especially how creative and wonderful and wonderfully disgusting the world of this movie is, you know, and and a lot of the the gore and a lot of the the monst monstrous things that the Deadites do in this film really. Uh, they, they really made me, like, squeam. And they made me feel nasty, you know? Which is something that, in watching Evil Dead 2 and 3 so frequently, I kind of took for granted how goofy those movies are and how, uh, essentially, even though Evil Dead 2 is an effective horror movie at times, uh, how basically not scary they are. <laughs> I mean, the Army of Darkness is not even a horror movie. But but Evil Dead Two, even though I, I I I still think that it is great as a horror film, but most importantly as a comedy and action movie, uh, Evil the Evil Dead the original is a phenomenal horror experience, right? It's, and as well as the remake. But today we're talking about the Evil Dead, okay? So, <laughs> and it also made me start to think about how uh, the Evil Dead franchise is so heavily transformed by the second Evil Dead film and how Scott Spiegel really uh, made those movies I mean his own in his own way he he made he made he really transformed the franchise with the direction that uh, he and Raimi took uh, the second film right like without Spiegel's input that that movie wouldn't be nearly as as uh, funny and his DNA is all over that movie. And I might actually dedicate tomorrow's episode to Spiegel. And, um, and honestly, I'm considering watching next time I do one of these double features. <laughs> you know, I'm considering 
uh, doing the Evil Dead remake and then Evil Dead 2, just so I can really fuck with my brain. Because <laughs> that, that wouldn't end up well. I, I would end up staying up late at night, even though I do that anyway. I mean, it's like really late every time I, uh, every time I go to bed anyway, but it doesn't matter. And yeah, and, 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 and that really made watching Evil Dead 2 today a totally different experience. And that's, that's kind of what I am enjoying so far about this podcast. Yesterday, I watched the film in a different way. I watched it in high definition with nice headphones on, and it really felt like I was watching the film again for the first time, even though I've been watching it for the past week, really. Right, I I I I've, I've watched it uh, seven times in one week, and for the podcast, <laughs> at that point, I'd only seen it five times. So I I miss I really missed the ball on two of the days, but um, and and even then on the seventh day when I was watching it in HD, it it felt new and fresh again. And it was really fun and revitalizing to watch, and today watching it again on VHS, um again, through the speakers on the television, but right after The Evil Dead, it really, again, felt like a different experience. It felt more grueling. It felt more like an epic spanning story. And maybe one of these days I'll watch all three films if I'm not trying to kill myself by the end of this. But um, yeah, I, I really, especially seeing how starkly different these movies are, and how it almost made the second film feel like a total departure, right? A total uh, a lack of consideration for the original. Because the original film is so different. And uh, even though the last like 30 minutes are really wacky, they're really wacky in a creative way rather than a comedic way. And there's, all, there's that scene where he's strapping Linda to the table in the shed. And all the, <laughs> all the, every little thing he touches has the same sound effect. And it, it, even though I find that to be really like a really funny joke or when he's, um, I'm sorry, when he's, uh, uh, walking in the cameras above the beams in the cabin and you hear the noise of each beam as it passes by, uh, the sound work in this film is unlike any other. Oh my God. I can dedicate a whole episode to the sound in this film. Like I did for evil Dead two, but this is a podcast about evil Dead two. And it really, uh, it really just made me uh, stay, watch in awe, one might say. <laughs> and it really made me appreciate both this and the second film in a new light. And not, and not necessarily in a new light that I haven't seen it before. I mean, when I first watched these films, I watched them back to back to back to back. And, and when, I, like, when I did it then, I, I saw these films... Similarly, like I do now, but I guess I haven't watched these the way I have today in so long that it really felt like they were fresh again. And I might be saying that over and over over the course of the next couple of days, but it's true, you know. I, I and and I do have to talk. It's obligatory for me to talk about the the scene, you know, the the tree scene in this film. And yeah, I mean, I I. I I th do think it is gratuitous. Um, I do think it's horrifying to watch, uh, truly. And and Raimi did include it for that reason. He did it to be shocking, and he did it to make people uh, scared and entertained. That that was the whole, like you know, mission of the film. But it 
uh, understandably, people were offended and disgusted by it. And he has since said that he regretted that and that he didn't mean for anyone to be offended. He would never mean for anyone to be offended by his work. He wanted them to be entertained and scared. And the fact that he maybe, maybe took a, to, a step too far uh, is what really uh, made him want to uh, fix that retroactively in the second film with the Bobby Joe and her death, which is, I think, still a wonderful, uh, excellent kill. I think it's it's fun to watch, but also ups- like it's it has that that emotional reaction you have when you see a creative yet unsettling way to die. But the way it makes you feel in the first film is like truly disgusted, but not at the filmmakers, but at at at, at the events happening in the film right like it makes you feel i i i feel like the way raimi intended it to come across was to be like upsetting and disturbing but maybe he took it a step step too far and he didn't realize how disturbing it really was and i think it's an effective in that way and i think maybe he did accidentally make a truly disturbing scene with the trees in this movie and if you if you're not aware if if you're listening to the podcast at this point and you're not aware about the tree rape scene in the first evil dead film. Um, well, I guess I just explained it, right? (laughs) Um, it basically, it's a scene where, where Cheryl Ash's sister, uh, goes out into the woods and the trees pin her down, rip her clothes off. You see, uh, part of her breast and it, 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 and it, vines wrap around her legs and a branch essentially shoots up into her skirt and rapes her. And it's, it's not pleasant at all really to watch, but I think that's, um, the point. And I think that I respect Sam Raimi's choice to, to, uh, retroactively kind of fix quote unquote, fix that scene without changing it in the original. I don't know. It's it's a weird dicey topic, and I I think we can all collectively agree, uh, it's not a fun thing, and he probably overstepped when he did that. But uh, yeah, I mean, bringing it over to Evil Dead Two briefly before we end the podcast, of course, because this is an Evil Dead Two podcast it's in the title. Um, I do think that with this film, especially because we established in what was it episode three, that. <laughs> I, I'm kind of taking the first Evil Dead film as, like, actually canon, even though wrapping your head around the canon of these films is, is a headache all of in, in and of itself, and I don't know how I spent a whole episode on that. Um, <laughs> it, I, I probably I probably was having a, a stroke while I was doing it. I, I really don't remember. My memory is kind of shit, but um, maybe I'll, I'll go listen to that episode after this to see uh, how nuts I really was going. I kind of want to take it as if these films actually do happen in continuity in that by the time the second film comes around, just the simply the tone has changed and that the character of Ash has kind of changed to be a little bit more uh, confident and uh, bimbo-like, himbo-like, I think is the word, himbo, for a male bimbo, I guess, which is the term you should not be calling any women, but, you know, we'll call Ash a himbo, why not? <laughs> He's meant to be stupid, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, even even uh, Bruce Campbell's performance in 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 the first film to the next film, 
obviously in the in, in Evil Dead Two, his performance is a lot more polished as he grows as an actor, but the commitment he makes to every decision that Ash does, right? Every flip that he does, every stunt that he does on his own, every uh, running and screaming and laughing and everything that he does, he commits fully in in both of these films. And I just, I I love watching him perform in both of them, especially back to back, especially seeing him go from like a slouching kind of silly teen to like a action hero, essentially in the second film. That's another thing I feel like I feel like in the first Evil Dead film you kind of get that young quality that young feeling to all of the characters in in the story and the it makes it more upsetting to watch when you're like oh these are young these are kids right like these people are not old and they're being uh, going through like what is a awful horrible time and and especially just watching that final scene where where all the deadites are like decomposing in stop motion and the this beautifully, horrifyingly disgusting uh, sequence. It, it's so creative and so fucked up. And, and the blood in this movie and the, the pain that these characters feel in this movie uh, comes across, it feels so much different than the pain and the blood in Evil Dead 2. When you're watching Evil Dead 2 and you see a fountain, geysers of blood even, you, you laugh, right? Like, that's excessive, it's funny, it's silly, not too much is shown. But in the first movie, you're seeing... Everything, everything that could be shown is shown like that, ho- that scene that, that harkens to that, I guess in the film hostel where that guy's like Achilles tendon is, is cut with a box cutter spoilers for hostel, I guess it, it, it kind of harkens back to the scene in the first film where the pencil digs into Linda's ankle and a lot of things, a lot of uh, effects and a lot of story beats like the foot getting infected or a lot of sequences in in the first film are are reimagined, let's say, in the second film uh, on just Ash. Like, instead of getting the foot infected by the little pencil stab, his hand gets infected by the bite, and the veins spread across his hand in black, similarly to how Linda's foot, the veins spread across her leg. Like, a lot of things, these, these films kind of mirror each other in, in a very nice way, which I think was the point especially because they couldn't really retain the rights from New Line for the first film when they were making the second film. So I feel like it was kind of uh, Raimi's and Spiegel's way of of taking it back, let's say. So yeah, I mean, that's that's really all I really have to say on the... Oh, also, that seeing um, the... the the whole image of the of the cellar door with the deadite peeking out of there, shouting, is fucking terrifying. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to get that image out of my head, especially if I decide to watch twenty thirteen Evil Dead, because then I'll be really fucked. Because that movie really amps it up, and I, you know, I might watch it one of these days. But yeah, I mean, uh, another thing is that um, let's take it into groovy time, because I have something to say about groovy time. Welcome to Groovy Time, guys, and uh, <laughs> I say that as if it, like I started a new session or if I were in a really new segment, but all I really did is take a short pause to insert the sound effect. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the whole groovy moment really felt epic when you're watching it in this context, when you strap in the whole 
chainsaw to his hand and he, he delivers the line and everything. I kind of like, I nodded my head and had a big old grin. Huh? Sorry. Jesus Christ. And I really enjoyed that scene, especially in the context of having this whole epic journey from Ash being this bumbling idiot in the first film to like this action hero, essentially. Uh, I think I feel like another thing that, that really makes the film films feel different is that first film, they're like 20, right? They're in college. But in the second film, they're like 30, right? They're in the late 20s and everything, and they just feel different, and they act different, and they have a different air, aura. to all, all the characters have a different aura to them and carry themselves in different ways. And yeah, I mean, I, I find it very interesting, and I, I feel like you really see Ash's character change significantly. And that groovy scene really is what is, is, is like a, a real uh, checkpoint. It's a real tentpole moment for that character. And yeah, that's really all I have to say. If you really like this podcast, you can find me at anchor.fm slash deadbydanny. Uh, we're probably on anywhere you want to listen to podcasts, right, at this point. Uh, if we're not, you can go to anchor.fm slash deadbydanny to see if we're on your favorite podcast platform. And you can click or listen straight from Anchor. Um, we are sponsored by them, so that's nice. That, that always helps. If you want more of me, you can find me on Twitter, at Dan Reguino. I'm not very active on there, but I'm more active on my Instagram, where I post more content and film-oriented stuff. I, I, I used to be a big meme page, so I'll post memes every now and then. At DCR Films, that's where you can find me. Or my personal page, where you can just see uh, random photography or life updates over time at Dan Reguino. And uh, if you really like this podcast, I really encourage you guys to share with your friends and tell them that they can come get some and suck on this podcast. Uh, that's a big old reference there. Say it at the end of every podcast. That's uh, two quotes from uh, big old Ash Williams. All right, guys, it's been fun and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>